listening to Faith and Family. I'm Sarah Golseth. I really enjoy bringing you stories from our missionaries and letting them share their experiences with you in their own words. With me in studio today is the Fritchie family, Reverend Joel and Clarion, and their three boys, and they serve the Lord in the Dominican Republic. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> Let's start with the introductions. Uh, one of you would like to introduce introduce the crew here? All right. I'm Pastor Joel Fritchie. Um, I serve as a church planter in the Dominican Republic and also director of our new Dominican seminary in Palmar Ariba, serving uh, Latin America. And my wife, Clarion. Hello. <laughs> um, Clarion is is uh, the rock of our family and keeps us all together here. Uh, helps uh, uh, keep us as a as a fine family unit. We have our oldest son here, Victor. You want to say hi? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and Sergey, or as he's known in the Dominican, Sergio. Hi. And last but not least, Andre. That's wonderful. So uh, tell me a bit about um, your family, your background, and, and what led to the mission field. You want me to take it? All right. Um, I have been serving as a pastor um, in the LCMS uh, since 2000. And uh, Clarity and I were married in... 2003, uh, when we were both serving in Houston, Texas. Uh, I was a pastor and she was a Lutheran school teacher. And uh, we got on the road to adopt children. Um, so we've been through uh, an adoption journey. Uh, I think we've been on the program and talked about that before. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but uh, Victor, Sergey, and Andre are all adopted from Russia. And I think uh, it was part of that experience that. Uh, moved us, uh, influenced us to consider doing mission work overseas mm -hmm. someday. And just a few years ago, when the Synod was putting out uh, before everybody the need for more missionaries in the field, we talked about it, prayed about it, and uh, inquired about it. And not too long after that, we found ourselves uh, on the, the trek toward missionary journey in Latin America. Sure. And so so serving in the mission field wasn't something that had been a, a long, long time coming, but it was something that you had, had been considering for, for some period of time before actually going. Yeah. I mean, I had showed a little bit of interest in it when I was a seminary student. Uh, I actually came over to here to the IC for a mission conference once, um, but just decided at the time that I think traditional parish ministry was uh, where the Lord was sending me. Um, but, and I and I did have it kind of in the back of my head, mm -hmm. um, you know, the desire to maybe look into it someday. And I kind of thought to myself a, a few years ago when we started considering it, you know, maybe now's the best time um, before I, I get 10 years older. And, <laughs> you know, it's a little more difficult to learn another language and sure. uh, the boys are older. Uh, it was just a good time for us. Um, in 2014 when we, uh, when I accepted the call to serve. Sure. So, so you're in the Dominican Republic now. Um, and, and how long have you been there? We've been in the Dominican since February of 2015. So just a little over two years now. Okay. And, and you were in uh, the capital city there. Is that right? Yes. We live and work in Santo Domingo, the capital city, uh, of about 4 million or so people. Um, busy, busy, busy city. <laughs> 
Sure, sure. So tell me what it's like living there and uh, and the first time you all um, were in the Dominican Republic as a family. Well, the first time we were in the Dominican Republic as a family, we were in Santiago and we actually went through uh, an orientation of sorts to kind of help us acclimate to the Dominican, um, which is really neat. It is a different culture, louder, messier, <laughs> dirtier, um, but a wonderful culture and the people are very, <clears throat> very loving and caring. Um, so we went from Santiago to Santo Domingo. Um, and our first experiences were trying to set up home, you know, because you go to the field with basically the clothes in your suitcases. Sure. And so there's, you know, where are we going to sleep? Where are we going to sit? Where are we going to eat? So you set up your home. There were lots of trips to Ikea and, <laughs> and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so all of that is getting to know. I mean, it's Santo Domingo is largely like any other urban area. Sure. It's got all its restaurants, stores, things like that. But there is an element of... Um, there's a, a, a difference um, as far as the culture goes um, and as far as economic levels go, too. Sure, sure. Did it take a long time to kind of adapt to everything? We're still adapting. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it, it, it. the first year was certainly the hardest. Um, you know, it's a new language, new culture. Um, you struggle with things that you don't necessarily struggle with here. Electricity goes out um, quite often, mm-hmm. you know, for a few hours at a time. Um, you, for drinking water, you have to get bottled water. And just all the things you have to do uh, seem to take, you know, twice as long as they would here. <laughs> uh, maybe sometimes even longer. Laundry. Uh, yeah, laundry. <laughs> what um, are, what is it, it like doing the laundry? Yeah. Well, it just takes a whole lot longer because there are no dryers. And if it happens to be a couple rainy days, um, you're in trouble because you got to get those clothes dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. It's, it's, a, it's very different uh, things to think about when you're, when you're keeping a house. Yeah. I think once we got past that first year, um, got over that hump, um, things got uh, easier, maybe. Um, but I guess we got more acclimated and used to how things work. And in that sense, it was easier. And then I think the second year uh, was the time to really progress with the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Claire and I both agree now that after two years on the field, uh, while neither one of us are fluent in the language, uh, we feel a lot more comfortable. And I'm understanding a whole lot more than I did when we arrived. So uh, that that second year was critical for that, I think. Yeah. When you arrive in, in a new city, um, especially when you don't speak the language, it can be terrifying to do mm-hmm. everyday things. Going to the store, when you're going to check out, the person is rambling off Spanish and you say, wait, I don't know what you're saying. Sure. Um, ordering pizza, you know, we gave ourselves <laughs> high fives when we actually got a pizza to our house <laughs> because you can't understand what they're saying over the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, the comfort level with all of that has gone up because giving yourself time to learn the language and to acclimate to the language is huge. Yeah. The better you learn the language, the more patient you are with yourself learning the language, the happier you're going to, a missionary will be in their um, field of service. Sure. What was it like for the kids learning the language? Was it easier or harder for them? Well, it depends on which kid you're talking to. <laughs> Our two youngest, they, they are very talkative, very social. And mm-hmm. so they didn't have much trouble um, getting conversational Spanish down. And they were enrolled in a bilingual school, so they were having... English and Spanish classes during the day. Um, our oldest is a little more uh, quiet, and mm-hmm. so um, 
consequently, learning the language is a little more of a struggle for him. Sure. But they have all, we're very proud of all three of them. They've done very well with uh, acclimating to a new culture and trying to learn a, was, a new language. I was really proud of Sergey. One day we were all up at the church for youth group, uh, which we do every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sometimes ask one of the youth to say the closing prayer for the day. And so Sergey volunteered. This was only after about a year in country. And Sergey raised his hand. He's always eager to, to read Bible readings or do a prayer. And he did his, his prayer all in Spanish. It, it, he had some pauses throughout, you know, to think about what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. But uh, I was just, I, I guess that was the moment where I was really blown away and realized, but wow, this young man could speak some Spanish. <laughs> It's really fun to hear them, too, on the playground with Dominican kids when we go to some of the parks in Santo Domingo. That's a really special thing to hear and see. Sure, sure. What is the, What are the parks like there? Um, <laughs> they're not as well kept um, okay. as the, the parks here in the well, United some, States or some yeah. of the parks. But they're they're nice and, and a space for the kids to run around. Um, they've got slides and <laughs> and monkey bars and Usual. your regular Playground stuff. equipment's yeah. probably a little bit older, you know, and shows sure. its age and, and things like that. But... Um, you know, these guys can still run around, let off their energy, practice their parkour moves. I had to say that, nice. right, Andre. And uh, they have a good time, so it's, it's really nice. All right, so speaking of the kids, mm-hmm. it's time for them to tell us what their favorite thing is about the Dominican Republic. All right, we're going to we start with, with Andre here. All right, Andre. What did you say? What is your favorite thing about living in the Dominican Republic? That we can... Move around. Move around. And eat a lot of different food. Oh. Like in the Dominican. Okay. Awesome. What kind of food? What's your favorite food? Pica pollo, which is fried chicken and salami. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's next? Sergey. Sergey, what's your favorite thing about living in the Dominican Republic? Um, my favorite thing about living in the Dominican Republic is always. Eating <laughs> always. Yes. What's your favorite thing to eat? Um, usually sancocho, which is like chicken with yuca, mm-hmm. uh, plantains, in a like a bowl of soup. Sometimes, what what might you find in sancocho? A pickle. No, well, yeah, that. But what something <laughs> really feet. different? There you go, chicken, chicken feet. feet. Oh wow. Yep. Um, actually, the places I like to see are. I really like the resorts. I didn't think that the resorts would be so high class. Oh, ass. yeah. Um, I like the beaches a lot. Yeah, are they really nice to go to? Yes, and you can go to many historical sites, such as the Fadua Colon and the, which is the Columbus Lighthouse, where the Dominicans say Columbus was buried. Oh, that's also really you cool. can go to the Colonial Zone. Own and see his brother's house, La Casa de Diego, mm-hmm. or you could see the first Roman Catholic Catholic church. Wow, is it really old and really big? It's really old and beautiful. Uh, <laughs> breaking your parents apart. say yes. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I think it's Victor's turn. All right, Victor, Got your it. turn. What I really enjoy in the Dominican Republic is the culture and how everybody is so friendly and open-handed. Wonderful. 
So what kinds of things do you all get to uh, discover or explore? I know the kids mentioned the historical sites, mm-hmm. the cultural things. Are there other things that you guys like to, to do when you have maybe a few minutes of your free time? Well, there are quite a few places that uh, we can visit in the Dominican Republic. One of the places we like to take visitors is to Los Tres Ojos, which mm-hmm. is <clears throat> a cave that has three beautiful clear lakes in it mm-hmm. and lots of steps and exploring. So it's kind of a fun place to visit. Um, we do live in a in a large city. So as far as open areas, <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot of that. But the Colonial Zone is a, is a huge attraction um, that we have down in Santo Domingo. It has a lot of early, early colonial um, architecture, things, as Sergey said, like Diego Colon's house, mm-hmm. um, the first <clears throat> cathedral in the Americas, and um, just things things like that. Sure. It's really nice to go down to like the historic colonial zone. Uh, there are a lot of sidewalk cafes where you can sit and have a coffee, read a book, things like that. It's just a really nice place to just kind of park and enjoy the the history and and culture around you and things like that so we we frequent that place uh, quite often yeah and victor mentioned that the people were very nice and and uh open and welcoming is that something that you find most anywhere in the dr (laughs) yes (laughs) Yes. yeah pretty much it doesn't matter really um your socioeconomic level Mm -hmm. the dominicans will have white plastic chairs that they will pull out <laughs> when they have visitors. Yeah, a small cup um, of coffee. And you can sit and visit, and, and that's that's kind of what you do. You don't go and visit someone without sitting down and and talking with them. If you don't sit down, it's not a true visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get to do that quite often. Um, we'll go with some of our Dominican colleagues or Dominican friends and do visits, and most people are ready and willing to open their door and invite you in and Pretty much roll out the red carpet. It's it's wonderful. That's great. So let's talk a little bit uh, about uh, the work that you're doing, uh, the, the reason why you're down there. Yeah. Um, Pastor, uh, tell me a little bit about the, the work that you're doing planting churches and, and actually doing the mission work. Okay. Yeah, I'm called as a church planter. Um, our family is the first family, missionary family, to live in Santo Domingo, uh, at least from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of our missionaries have lived and worked primarily in the northern part of the island. Um, but missionaries did commute down to Santo Domingo and do uh, evangelism and catechesis and such. Um, a church was planted um, early on in the early stages of the mission uh, in are just outside of Santo Domingo in Las Americas. It's the only church that has uh, a Dominican Lutheran national pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I serve alongside him, uh, supporting him in his ministry, um, assisting him in preaching and visiting and all the tasks that a, that a pastor, pastor does. Um, the past year or so, we've been working really hard to bring some organization and structure into the congregation, uh, teach a lot of stewardship uh, to help the this young church plant congregation know how to support um, its pastor uh, in the way that the the Lord would have us do that. Uh, so I serve primarily there, but we've also got a small church plant uh, in another part of Santo Domingo uh, where we have gathered together a few folks who uh, were catechized over the years uh, and now are starting in-home Bible studies, uh, reaching out into the community, meeting more people, 
um, sharing God's word with them, uh, just trying to gather people in around uh, God's word uh, and around the sacraments. So that's that's the primary duties is is uh, meeting people, um, sharing God's word with them, uh, doing Bible study, and just uh, gathering them around God's word and sacraments so they can be nurtured and fed and, and strengthened and um, ready to be Christ's witnesses in their daily vocations. Sure. What is what is the worship like in these churches? Well, it's, uh, I mean, structurally, uh, we use a, a common liturgy, um, like uh, many of our congregations here in the States use, mm-hmm. uh, same parts of the service, just uh, in Spanish, and the instrumentation is different. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have organs mm-hmm. uh, down in the Dominican. We have electronic keyboards and guitars primarily. So uh, we sing the liturgy. We sing uh, the Kyrie, the Gloria, uh, the Agnus Dei, you know, and all those things, but uh, we sing Pero them in Spanish. In Espanol. Yeah, in Espanol. <laughs> and, um, but uh, oftentimes, you know, we, we gather for worship. Uh, church is at 9.30 on Sundays at, at, at our Las Americas congregation. Um, but, you know, due to cultural things, often uh, it starts about 10, 15, <laughs> you know. Um, but as the people begin to hear the singing and uh, things happening, they, they make their way over. Um, but the the central focus is the same, Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. uh, Christ being proclaimed and, and delivered to his people. Um, and we do make use of the, the liturgy. And uh, uh, we're excited because a, a new Spanish hymnal is in the works oh, wow. uh, that we hope to be released in the near future. Uh, so that'll uh, assist us in our worship um, tremendously, open up our... Uh, repertoire of songs and hymns and and things like that. So we're really excited about that. That that does sound very exciting mm-hmm. to have that aid in worship. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the seminary. There's there's a new seminary in the works. Yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, as we look at uh, kind of our mission priorities or the priorities of the Office of International Mission of the Synod, um, the first is to plant, sustain, and revitalize congregations. Uh, the second is uh, support and expand theological education. Um, so as we plant churches, um, we want to provide pastors to shepherd those churches or pastors to plant more churches. And uh, as we missionaries are not going to be around forever, mm-hmm. um, it would be wonderful to have uh, you know, Dominicans themselves serve in those roles, especially since it's their culture, their language, uh, and that. Um, so uh, the goal is to raise up pastors and deaconesses uh, for service in the Dominican. So early on in the strategic plan, uh, we had a seminary um, in the plan, and uh, it's all now starting to come to fruition by God's grace. So... Um, the location was always planned to be in Palmar Arriba, um, where we have Concordia Lutheran Church and School, where we have our, our group home uh, that serves the developmentally disabled. Mm-hmm. And we recently just uh, added a third level on onto the school building, and that will be our seminary classroom building, offices, Deaconess Mercy Center. Um, so we're really, really excited about that. We have four professors um, Pastor David Preuss, Pastor Sergio Maita, uh, Pastor Sergio Fritzler, and myself, um, who will be teaching classes. So we're now in the process of finalizing curriculum and all of the details that are necessary to, to house 
single students, married students, all those kinds of things. Um, uh, and Lord willing, by His grace, in August of 2017, this year, we will welcome 14 students from all around Latin America uh, to our campus and begin classes. That's that's amazing, really. And and how how important is is this seminary to really sustaining uh, the church's work in the Dominican Republic and in Latin America in general? We've found that um, in the history of, of missions in Latin America, um, what has really uh, been a blessing is to start a seminary early on in the mission work um, to provide pastors for the church plants and pastors to plant new churches. Um, in countries where we've worked for years, um, done missionary work for years, and there was no seminary, uh, some of them haven't ordained a new pastor for over 15 years. Um, and so we don't want to get ourselves into that position where missionaries are continually serving, but we have no um, national pastors to, to fill the pulpits. So um, we pray that this seminary will be a blessing not only to the Dominican as we uh, raise up pastors for the church plants there, but through Latin America as well. Uh, we're working with our partner churches, with our other missions in different countries like Peru, mm -hmm. uh, with our missionary personnel there, um, always uh, looking for uh, men who are willing and able to serve as pastors who have the the aptitude and uh, you know qualifications that uh, our Lord gives us in the scriptures to serve and uh, I think it's going to have a, a huge impact uh, to to provide pastors for all of our church plants to kind of standardize the um, uh, process uh, for ordination and all those kinds of things it's really exciting that's great. Is and do you have um, instruction or programs for for some younger adults, uh, younger men who are interested in the seminary um, but aren't quite there yet? Yeah, even though you know we haven't had the doors of the seminary open yet, we've already been on the lookout for you know candidates for the ministry. So. We've been working uh, with a pre-seminary program for a number of years now, and that involves just uh, uh, looking at those young men in our congregation who missionaries and, and other national pastors in the field uh, feel may make a good pastor someday. Uh, some of them may become pastors, some of them don't. Uh, personally, I uh, every month I take a group of six or seven young men from our congregation in Las Americas in Santo Domingo, and uh, they ride with me about two and a half hours north to the seminary location. And we have a Bible study on a Friday night for about two hours with other pastors, missionary pastors, and uh, young men from uh, the area up and around Santiago. And uh, we do like a two-hour Bible study. We have a fellowship meal together. And then uh, us guys from the capital, we spend the night there, and the boys play some basketball in the morning, and then we drive back to the capital. Um later in the morning, and it's just a great opportunity for these boys to be encouraged, uh, to see the seminary site, uh, to kind of get out of their neighborhood and see the larger uh, country around them, and uh, I think it gets them really excited about uh, the potential future of serving, and I would say out of those six or seven that, that accompany me up to that study, uh, I have two really solid candidates for the ministry that I'm uh, quite certain are going to uh, become pastors someday. So really, really neat thing. That's wonderful. Just uh, just a few minutes left. What are your um, your hopes, your dreams for the Lutheran Church in the Dominican Republic? Well, uh, we do hope eventually to have a, a self-sustaining uh, Lutheran, confessional Lutheran church body there. 
Um, it's still a young church plant. Missions, uh, at least on behalf of our church, have been going on for a little over 10 years now. Uh, we have five mission plants. Um, but uh, our goal would be to, yeah, have a self-sustaining confessional Lutheran church body, um, continue uh, planting churches, um, schools, Lutheran education is a priority mm-hmm. as well, uh, and a, a vibrant, vibrant um Mercy uh, ministry alongside Word and Sacrament. Um, one of the neat things to see, just to go back to that that topic of um, you know mission work around Latin America, mm-hmm. uh, some of the um, uh, older missions uh, where we've worked for you know fifty, sixty, seventy years in Latin America. Um, nowadays, those guys are sending missionaries out to Africa and out to other places. Uh, so that's a great sign of a, of a mature church body when uh, they themselves then are sending missionaries abroad uh, to preach the gospel. Um, if the Lord can, can bless us in that way in the Dominican, I don't know how many years uh, from now that would be, but what, a, what an awesome thing that would be. <laughs> That is that is great. Um, Clarion, any um, advice or thoughts for, for families who are thinking about mission work? Um, <clears throat> my advice would be to consider it mm-hmm. and to be patient as you consider it and to be flexible <laughs> <laughs> and to take joy in the blessings that you are given every day because we all know there's going to be several, of dis- several disappointments. Mm-hmm. And so when you really count your blessings and realize how richly you are blessed, then that helps you to accomplish and and to be open to the plans that the Lord has for you. Sure, sure. My guests in studio today, the the Fritchie family, Reverend Joel and Clarion and their boys. Pastor, thank you for being my guest today. Hey, thank you. Great to have the opportunity. Clarion, thank you so much. Thanks, our pleasure. And Victor and Sergey and Andre, thank you for being my guests today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Read more about the Fritchies and the missionary work in the Dominican Republic at lcms.org slash Fritchie. And to learn about how you can serve as a missionary, you can go to lcms.org slash service. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at kfuo.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.